Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Joining us now on the company's fourth quarter earnings is Lyft CEO, David Risher. And David, a clerical error. Yeah. What happened? Well, look, first of all, it's on me. There are a lot of eyes on this press release, but at the end of the day, uh, my bad. But look, I don't want it to take anything away from the butt-kicking performance that the business did, um, thanks to all of our employees and thanks to millions of drivers. I mean, look, we had our, our financially strongest quarter we have ever had, uh, and I'm super excited about it. To be clear, uh, this was simply a mistake? Yeah. Human error. Human error. The stock rose as much as 67% in after hours. As Caroline pointed out, it's significantly higher this morning. And we can talk about the performance in the quarter gone and the performance in the current period. This may sound bizarre to you, but I think it's a real question. Did you guys use AI to write that press release? <laughs> Seriously? Or is this as simple as, as you are calling it a clerical error? No, it was a clerical error. Yeah. No, we're not at the point where press releases can be written by AI, at least not financial press releases. No way. I hate to ask it because real people's jobs are now on the line, I'm sure, David. And I want to ask, is the CFO's role safe? Is this going to have repercussions from across your membership and, and employee base? The CFO's role is 100% safe, 100% safe. Look, she and the team are taking this incredibly seriously. And you have to understand, I mean, we go through hours and hours of checking and double checking before something like this goes. It's an unacceptable error. Again, ultimately, it's on me. I'm the CEO. Buck stops with me. But the team is taking it super seriously. And I know that you want to be talking ultimately about how you're seeing growth in the business. And I'm sure that that's something that, in a way, the salt in the wound is even greater because you had a great story to tell and it got marred by this particular error. But people are going back and saying they have never seen anything like this in history, David. What would you do differently in the next earnings? How can you make sure that investors feel confident in the statements that you put out to them in the foreseeable future? Yeah, I mean, look, I would look at our record and, and look at the growth, look at the fundamentals of the financials. And to be very clear, this was, it was a bad error, but it was one zero in a press release and, you know, a lot of other pages. Uh, and of course, we corrected it within seconds of finding it. So I think, you know, like with any mistake, I think it's not so much about the mistake itself. It's also about how you correct for it. And we've corrected for it, obviously, in the moment, putting out new materials, but also doing a really deep uh, process dive, including having our own internal audit team, a separate team look and figure out how we can make sure we never make a mistake like this again. Okay, if you're listening on Bloomberg Television and Radio Worldwide, we're joined by the CEO of Lyft, David Risher. And I go back to the current stock performance. You are still up 32% in the session. Yeah. And there are so many stories within that, but I, I zero in on the gross booking outlook. Mm -hmm. um, strong. Yeah. What is the story there? For, for, for me, I'm trying to make sense of the gig economy more broadly mm -hmm. on both the demand and supply side. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the consumer, you look at corporate spending, you, you guys are adding to this narrative that things are quite rosy out there. Yeah. And when, when does that stop? How long does it last? Well, look, I don't know when it stops. That's a tricky thing to predict. But here's what I can tell you. 
We've had now four quarters of growth, increasing growth. And we had our biggest growth year last year of our company's history. And by the way, we're talking about billions of dollars. By the way, billions of dollars that end up going in drivers' pockets. So you can see this is a really important part of the economy because it's a really important part of people's lives. When people take the 700 million trips they took last year on Lyft, they're going to see their parents. They're going to a Taylor Swift concert. They're going to work every day. They're coming home from work. They're going to see their doctor. This is an important part of people's lives. And then when drivers are driving, they're earning to save for a house. They're earning to save for tuition. They're earning because maybe they lost a W-2 job and they're three weeks away from picking up a new job and they need something to bridge them. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, the gig economy is becoming increasingly a central part of people's lives and people's economic lives. Your bigger competitor, Uber, succeeded by adding new products to the app, Mm. diversifying even within ride-hailing. And it proved that its algorithm is working in matching riders with efficient routes and drivers. Do you feel that you're going to be competitive in those domains? I do. I do. Look, our focus is a huge strength. We are 100% focused on rideshare. You know, just yesterday we launched Women Plus Connect that allows a woman rider to pick a woman driver uh, all across the United States, 270 markets. It's been a huge success over the first six months when we've been uh, kind of trialing it. We launched a new driver standard that allows drivers to get a guarantee that they'll never earn less than 70% of what rider pays them after uh, some fees. So, you know, this is the sort of innovation that we can do because we're focused on rideshare. And look, I expect Uber to do pretty well. I think we'll do pretty well, too. I think this is a really strong sector. I'm going to go back to the drivers, David, because what's interesting on this day is there is strike action. There is, Mm. on Valentine's Day, whether you're going to be flying to Miami, whether you're going to be flying to Chicago, there might well be issues trying to get an Uber or indeed a Lyft, and also in the UK as well. I'm interested as to what's happening when you are offering 70% guarantee. Why still do they want to demand more? even if you say, look, I'm giving you flexibility. Yeah. I mean, first, on the strike itself, Carolyn, it's been in the works for weeks. Uh, you know, so it predates the announcement of this new 70% guarantee. If you look at what the drivers are asking for, and I think these are reasonable things to bring up, they want more transparency on their pay, we've given it to them. We give them a very, very clear weekly breakdown that says this is how much riders paid you, this is how much we took, this is how much you get. They've asked for a guarantee, right, so that they don't, you know, so that there's a floor to their earnings. We've given them that too. They've asked for better visibility into deactivations. You know, if you as a rider raise a complaint about about a driver, we have a whole process we go through. And drivers, of course, don't want to be off the platform, particularly if they think it was an unfair accusation. And now we cover something like 70% of those in less than 24 hours, and there's a new one-click button that allows drivers to sort of appeal the deactivation. So what we're doing is we're focused on drivers because we're obsessed over customers. That's kind of our thing. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we think we can address a lot of their issues um, that they're raising. JP Morgan, actually, completely in line with some of the words that you use there. The customer obsession is something they point out. The marketplace health is something they see to continuing to improve on supply tailwinds. So really, drivers are not your issue at the moment compared to JP Morgan. Another analyst over at Muffin Nason that Nathanson, though, saying, ultimately, you're at the mercy of Uber when it comes to pricing power and take rates. Do you, do you feel that way, that you're at the mercy of Uber in some way? No. I mean, it's a competitive marketplace. So 
I think, you know, to a certain extent, they're at our mercy like we're at theirs, right? We can't do things that are completely different and expect to have, uh, you know, kind of the, the reasonable results. But at the same time, you know, for example, let's again look at this driver earnings guarantee. That's a, that's a commitment we've made. It's a leadership move we've made. Uh, you know, we'll see whether uh, Uber follows or not, but that's an area where I would say they're going to want to look pretty closely at what we're doing and decide whether they want to follow us. But I think, it, to be honest, I think this is a healthy marketplace. It's got two good uh, players in it, Uber and Lyft. And we're both doing a good job. I like our strategy better because I think we're more focused on riders and drivers. And I think that's a real strength. But, you know, they're doing a diversification thing. We'll see if that works for them. Uh, for our Bloomberg television and radio audience, we're speaking with Lyft CEO David Risher. And, David, as you know, we always go to our audience and ask, what would you want to know from, from David Risher? And yeah. it's the same question every time. Is Lyft an acquisition target? And, and many put, people put forward hypotheses about the type of business, you know, maybe an automaker, maybe another uh, convenience app. Mm -hmm. But where's your head at with that? Uh, you called your, your earnings performance butt-kicking. Yeah. Um, but there are still free cash flow questions. There are still scale questions with Lyft. Yeah, well, let me, let me talk about those and then, and then get to the core of the question. Look, we were free cash flow positive for the second time in our company's history this quarter, and we've committed to investors we'll be free cash flow positive for the year of 2024. So, you know, and we have $1.7 billion in the bank. So from a cash perspective, we're in pretty good shape. From a demand perspective, we're in good shape highest demand ever. From a supply perspective, we're in good shape. Highest driver's hours since we've had since 2019. So, you know, from a basic core, and then again, you think about it, 700 million rides in a year. I mean, think about a Delta Airlines that might do a couple thousand, maybe three or four thousand takeoff and landings a day, whereas we do, let's say, two million a day. So our scale isn't really an issue for us. We've got pretty good scale. Um, as to the acquisition thing, you know, just like people ask the same question, I always give the same answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, our phone, you know, it, we'll pick up the phone if someone calls because that's the deal, but it's not our focus. Our focus is customers. All right. Lyft CEO David Risher on set here in San Francisco. Thank you so much for your time. For sure. Thanks. I enjoyed it. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.